The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. Just fresh from Our Lady just a few days ago, March 2nd, she said, You are my strength, you my apostles. She ended the same message, saying the shepherds, are the strength of the church which my son left you. Don't you find this strange? That she says, the strength of the church, my son left you. You are my strength, she begins with. You are my apostles. Jesus had his apostles, and now she has her apostles. There's two groups going on. What does that mean for you? Our Lady's bringing to clarity, clarifying things now that after 33 years is starting to manifest itself. She went on to say at the end of that message are the strength of the church, which is the shepherds, which are the bishops, 
and other shepherds. That doesn't mean it's excluded, but she says, are the strength of the church, which my son left you through my son. They are the shepherds of souls. So what are we? If we're her apostles, when she refers to us as my apostles, my strength, you are the shepherds of the spirits that convert and we bring to God and we bring to the church. So we parallel the bishops who shepherd the soul, we who bring people to conversion, shepherd in the spirit. They can't do what we can do. We can't do what they can do. But there's a distinct difference between the two and both are apostles, no less. This causes and can cause a big problem for a lot of people. Oh, well, that's not the mind of the church. No, it's not. You're right. Because Christ established that. Our lady's coming here to establish something else. And she's establishing a mind of what she's got. The Gospel of Mary. Is it in competition with the Scriptures? By no means. It's a preface to it. It prefaces it. She's coming with the efficacy that she has now in a new way to establish upon the earth the means for man to survive to the Antichrist time, to the end of the world, and she'll never come back again for this type of apparitions. So what does this mean? We find ourselves in a unique position. 33 years of apparitions were in Lent. Many of you are having a lot of trouble right now. Everything's breaking loose. We begin to notice during Lent that things started falling apart. Things started being tore up. Things started going away. And a lot of that is to make a mess of things, get it cleaned up, and bring it to order. We begin Ash Wednesday doing a, a novena of order. And especially because we see that our hearts need to be in order. We have to have love. And love is best displayed by obedience. Obedience brings unity. And unity can be something that can make anything possible that has to be called upon you to perform a task. All right, he's here for a plan. And that plan cannot be implemented without unity. First unity with her and unity with each other. So our whole novena is about this. And so we're in the 33rd year we're coming up with Good Friday. We're coming up with Easter. And don't think this is just a normal Lent. It's not. But we did in community notice years ago that things got real difficult during Lent. And that's good, although it feels bad. But Jesus wants to bring us to resurrection. Our Lady's teaching us that. There's something that happened in this Lent, which is pretty incredible. Because there's a study and a review of when did Jesus die? When was Good Friday? Exactly what date did it fall upon? There's seven items that you can read about that shows and, and mathematically goes down and deducts these things about Pontius Pilate, Tiberius, Caiaphas, when all they lived, and they, they narrow it down to a range of years, down to 29 to 36. And then from there, there's like uh, 10 possible dates the Good Friday fell on. Then they narrowed that down to, to two Good Fridays that Jesus could have died. And then they supported scriptures and also secular history. That history narrows it down to one date. 
And that date is Friday, April 3rd, 33 AD. And they know that's the exact date. Maria is with us in September. We had the first celebration of the exaltation of the cross, following on the exact day, a Sunday that it's to be celebrated when Medjugorje celebrates it. Usually it could be on a Wednesday, whatever dates. This year, the 33rd year, fell into exactly the date of September 14th, the Feast of the Exaltation of the Cross. And we were shocked what Our Lady did the evening before. She told us the next day she would go up there and have an apparition. We're related. But we're stunned because the Holy Spirit doesn't always tell you everything. Sometimes the Holy Spirit blinds you and keeps things from you. Because while we thought about this, we had hoped for this, we were related by it. We never thought about what time the apparition would be. It would be 9 o'clock in the morning. In the evening, a typical time, you might say 540 or 640. Or sometimes she's done 1040 here at 8 o'clock in the morning. But never have we heard her say, tomorrow's apparition will be at 3 o'clock. Never even thought about that. My heart jumped with joy and disbelief and an incredible feeling. Wow. Three o'clock. The Virgin Mary's appearing in Medjugorje. For you who believe it and wonder what time our lady, what Jesus died, you just get proof directly to the Medjugorje apparitions at three o'clock. None of us suggested this. Nobody in the community even thought about it because I'm, I'm convinced usually we think about things or I think about things. We were blocked. The Holy Spirit blocked us from knowing this so it'd be a surprise. It's a revelation through these private revelations. And so with this deduction of April 3rd, Good Friday, they've narrowed it down, also scripturally, by the hours, that it took place at 3 p.m. And we were people who were living testimony, who believe in the apparitions that heard it directly from Our Lady. Three o'clock, I want you up to the cross. Pretty incredible. Do you think being in the 33rd year and the cycles of the calendar and how far between everything can happen that it's by just a coincidence that this Good Friday is April 3rd? 33 years of apparitions, April 3rd, 33 AD. Our Lady speaks to us. She speaks to us very strongly. What does this mean? We'll find out. We'll see it through. And right now we have the culture turning against us, fighting us, trying to cram things down our throat, forcing the death of marriage. We gave it up, and we've given it to reprobates, and they're trying to redefine it. But one thing's happening, that our ladies done here in Alabama with over 187 apparitions, that this state has a motto, we dare defend our rights. And it's standing up. It's the first state in the United States that said, we are not going to go this path of changing marriage into something that it can't mean as marriage. This comes from the Associated Press article on March 6th entitled, Alabama Supreme Court First in Nation to Defy Federal Court Abominable Purported Marriage Order. The Alabama Supreme Court this week 
became the first state high court in the nation to challenge a federal court order allowing abominable purported marriage legal experts say. Alabama Supreme Court justices on Tuesday ordered a halt to abominable purported marriage licensing in the state. For some, the move by Alabama justices means a step back for a state trying to distance itself from a historic image of intolerance while also recruiting new industry. It certainly seems to be the most extreme example of a state court refusing to follow the orders of a federal court regarding marriage equality, said the Deputy Director of Equality Florida. It looks pretty ridiculous to the rest of the country. For others, the Alabama Supreme Court's order is a necessary step in defending states' rights to determine the definition of marriage. Not only are we the first state to do that, Our motto is we dare defend our rights, Alabama Supreme Court Chief Justice Roy Moore said in an interview with AL.com. I can't explain why more than 20 other states have bowed down to unlawful federal authority, but Alabama is not one of them, Moore said. A federal judge has no authority to overturn a state constitutional amendment in the face of a state court's opinion on the same matter. Moore abstained from voting on the Alabama Supreme Court's order this week because he said he didn't want the appearance of impropriety because of his previous public stances against abominable purported marriage. Moore also had issued an advisory order the day before Grenade's order went into effect February 9th, telling probate judges not to issue licenses to abominable purported couples. Moore said he has seen some media refer to the fact that 37 states have legalized these purported marriages. He said that's wrong. Only three states have adopted, by referendum of the people, these purported marriages. Several state legislatures passed laws allowing it, and seven or eight state Supreme Courts and federal district orders in about 20 states have been issued to toss out bans and allow it. State courts don't have to follow lower federal court, district, and circuit rulings, Moore said. While their rulings may be persuasive authority, they are not controlling, he said. Moore argues no federal court, not even the U.S. Supreme Court, has the authority to reinvent the definition of words, such as family and marriage, for a state. Those policies are domestic and left to the states, he said, citing several cases. Liberty Council is the national legal group that represented the two groups, the Alabama Policy Council and Alabama Citizens Action Program, that petitioned the Alabama Supreme Court to issue Tuesday's order halting abominable purported marriage licensing. I agree. The Alabama Supreme Court has been more aggressive, and they're the only one who has gotten it right, said Matt Staver, an attorney for Liberty Council. We've done a lot of research on the laws, and they're dead on in their decision. Groups that support abominable marriage bans see Alabama's Supreme Court as leading the charge against federal orders. We applaud the Alabama Supreme Court for taking the courageous step of standing up to a blatant overreach by a federal judge and instead choosing to uphold the rule of law and the state's constitutional amendment protecting time-honored marriage. Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association, stated in a press release.
For far too long, we have seen errant federal judges unilaterally taking the law into their own hands and strike down duly passed marriage protection provisions, Wildman said. The Alabama Supreme Court has shown that it does not take kindly to one federal judge upending state law and overruling the voice of thousands of Alabama voters. We hope and pray that other courts will follow suit and uphold the law rather than cave to orders to ignore it. Matt Staver said, The Texas Supreme Court is now being asked to do the same thing in an almost exact scenario as to what happened in Alabama. A federal district court judge ruled that Texas' ban on abominable purported marriage is unconstitutional. Now, the Texas Attorney General is asking that state's Supreme Court to issue an order halting the issuance of licenses. In a number of states, attorney generals, governors, and legislators have filed legal responses and spoke out against the federal court orders. But state courts have avoided legal collisions with federal judges, experts say. Alabama's defiance of a federal order on abominable marriage within its own state is new. That hasn't happened anywhere else. The Alabama Supreme Court threw down the gauntlet this week and has challenged the lower federal courts to make their abominable purported marriage ruling stick, said a University of Alabama law school professor. After a federal court in Florida ruled that state's ban unconstitutional, the state's attorney general, just as Attorney General Luther Strange did in Alabama, appealed to both the U.S. 11th Circuit and U.S. Supreme Courts for orders staying the decisions. And in both instances, the 11th Circuit and U.S. Supreme Court denied Florida's and Alabama stay requests, he said. Florida accepted that, but Alabama hasn't. Alabama risks being labeled again as being intolerant to others who are different, which encourages young people to move away, and it makes it difficult to train and retain top talent, says a law professor. Right now, marriage equality is the barometer for tolerance. Singling yourself out as one of the most intolerant states in the country is not good for the economy, he said. The former communications director for Equality North Carolina, Jen Jones, said GOP lawmakers in the state grandstanded in opposition to a federal court order on abominable purported marriage. But North Carolina's Democratic Attorney General did not appeal after the U.S. Supreme Court did not agree to review it, she said. Our state Supreme Court has not gotten involved in it at all, Jones said. Alabama has set itself apart in issuing its order in spite of the federal court ruling. I don't think we have seen this in any other state, much less in the South. While Alabama has been the most defiant Legal experts say the U.S. Supreme Court seems to be headed towards a ruling in June that will make abominable purported marriage available in all states. Certainly, Alabama stands alone in the degree to which it's resisting, said the legal director for ACLU of Alabama, which has been involved in bringing federal lawsuits challenging the state's ban on abominable purported marriage. Marriage equality is coming to Alabama, and these current antics are a bump in the road to marriage equality. And we're going to get there, and we're not going to stop until we do. They have an agenda. Why is Alabama hated? Why is it so targeted? Don't think this is just some unorganized movement. There's a whole PR campaign going on. If they break Alabama, they break the rest of the nation. 
The biggest construction project ever in the history of the United States was the port down in Mobile, Alabama. When governor at the time asked the company, when they went through seven different states, Texas, all the way around the coast, Louisiana, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, all the Carolinas, why did you pick Alabama? Their answer shocked him. It came down to the morals. Is everybody moral in the United States and Alabama? No. But it's a good state. And if it's good enough for a lady to come and do what she's doing and import her messages of marriage and to export them to here, to transmit them to the whole world, there's something she's doing here. And Satan hates Alabama. And so they say in this writing, Alabama needs to try to distance itself from a past image to attract new industry. Well, what happened to the port? Why did they build that? That's exactly what attracted them. They purport a truth, which is a lie. This will drive away industry. The article said, it makes Alabama look ridiculous in the eyes of other states. Fine with me. Good for that. Young people move away because the new coming thing is this so-called marriage stuff. Well, we don't want them here neither. If your mentality doesn't acknowledge sin as sin, and you want to say it's normal, it's okay, the Bible teaches get away from that. Yes, our lady says forgive. Yes, our lady says be love. But Jesus told the adulteress, go sin no more. There's got to be an acknowledgement of sin. There's not only not an acknowledgement, it's saying there is no sin in this. This is to be normalized. This is like a race of people. It's okay to be this way because you can't discriminate. This is garbage, total garbage. They said Alabama set itself apart. Alabama's defiant. Alabama's defiant? Who's defiant? Those who purport this, trying to rearrange the re-meaning of marriage is what's defiant. And so what are we to do? You need to write every one of the Supreme Court justices in Alabama and say, thank God for you. We support you. They try to say, oh, this is coming, everybody wants it. 83% of the state voted for the amendment. The second highest state in Mississippi was only just barely above us. So you got millions of people, several million people in the state, which is for marriage, and very few people for not. They said some are accepting this. Others are not. And they went on both the terminology, what that means for those some and those others. The others is... Several million people. Some are only very few, a small minority. But see, they got to exaggerate their numbers. They got to make you think it's just a coming thing. So, what can we do to defeat it? Defeat it. I'm telling you, if this falls and this fails in Alabama, forget this country for right now, for the scourge that's got to come to it. Read the Bible, what happens? Not that God wants it, we want it. If we accept it, we live with it. We bring about, this is a sin of rebellion against God that always, always ends in disaster, both biblically, historically, however you want to look at it, study civilizations. And I'm not saying Christians and the church is not at fault. We have given away marriage through divorce. But it's time we repent from that, that we can stop becoming tolerant of reprobates. I'm intolerant of that just as much as intolerant of a thief or a stealer, or a blasphemer, or adulteress. We have to acknowledge what sin is. Whoever fails that, confesses okay. But we can't accept this on this kind of level. 
Why? Because it's against nature's God. I wrote, and look what happened while you're sleeping. Blackstone wrote about natural law. And I wanted to read, he had like 75 pages of really deep thoughts and writing. It's very complicated. I spent one month trying to get it down to one page. I got it down to three pages in the book, maybe about two and a half pages. Part of it is about what is nature's God? What's the laws of nature? How do you understand that? To understand this whole issue of what's being passed in the courts and what's happening and where you stand, if you're confused, well, what if the federal court says this or even the Supreme Court says this? The Alabama Supreme Court says the opposite. Where do you go? You go with this. Because the natural law, the laws of gravity, for example, can't be changed. God created matter. He marked it with certain principles. It can never deviate from that. It is what it is. A potato is what it is. Vegetation is what it is. And animal life are governed all by these same laws, and they must follow these laws involuntarily. They can't just say, okay, we're going to deviate. For them to exist, they have to go by the way they were created. And so the first phrase of the Declaration of Independence says the laws of nature are those laws that were characterized by a rule of action dictated by some superior being. Blackstone called this involuntary laws of governance. The second part of the phase of nature's God is what Blackstone called, actually it's in, in the Declaration where it says, laws of nature's God pertain to God's holy word, the sacred scriptures. He said, quote, the doctrine thus delivered by God, we call the revealed or divine law, and they are to be found only in holy scriptures. The precepts when revealed, in other words, compared to nature's law, are part of the original law of nature. So we can deduce from the laws of nature and the laws of God that we arrive to the revealed law. Natural law is the law man declares in submission to the laws of nature and of nature's God. Laws of creation, which are nature's law, and God's law, the scriptures of nature's God, are superior to natural law which are declared by God himself, while man's law, natural law, is only the human reasoning of what we imagine the divine law to be. There it is right there. That's the point. What is the point? That when you put nature's law, God's revealed law, which equals natural law, let me repeat that, nature's law plus God's revealed law equals natural law. Natural law that applies equally to the station. Nature's law applies equally to everyone upon the face of the earth. The Declaration of Independence states the equal stations to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them. Therefore, and this is the point that the courts, and this is what George Wormore and this is what the other justices voted to affirm what he, he was stating, goes by this law that says, therefore, there can be no law made upon the earth by anyone or any nation or any man anywhere bound to obey when the law is against natural law. We don't have to obey it. We don't have to follow the Supreme Court. So if you're getting confused what happens in June when they rule this, we can defy that. You say, oh, this is, this is too much. Friend of Missouri is going too far. No, you have to stand with God. You have to stand with the church. You have to stand with what law is. 
To obey laws against natural law puts us in transgression against divine law, and therefore the law is invalid and is to be defied as if it does not exist. There is no basis for it to be. All law is based on God's law, or it is invalid. So therefore, the authority of human law is derived from nature's law, and nature's God, from which Blackstone said, depends all human law. The Supreme Court of Alabama is dead on, 100%, no gray zone. They are exactly with divine law. And you need to support this court. You need to write to the governor. You need to write to the attorney general. Write to all the Supreme Court judges. Look it up. Find out. Get the phone numbers. Get the addresses. Send it to Montgomery, Alabama. And tell them we as a nation stand behind you. Just five letters each of those justices getting will give them everything they need to do to continue on this battle with the whole world against them. So what Blackstone says, what does the church say? Pope Benedict communicated to the citizens of Spain who were working adoption agencies that they are to defy Spain's law and there's new illicit marriages that they were trying to get to adopt kids. He told them to refuse the paperwork or grant adoptions to these illicit, unnatural, purported marriages. Spain came out several years ago with these new laws against nature and nature's God and therefore the natural law is violated, which means man's law has no authority. There would not be disobeying since the law displays natural law. No human law against natural law is valid. What does the catechism say? The catechism says the natural law is written and engraved in the soul of each and every man because it is a human reasoning ordaining him to do good and forbidding him to sin. But this command of human reason would not have the force of law if it were not the voice and interpreter of a higher reason to which our spirit and our freedom must be submitted. Pretty profound. Can you imagine? The Alabama Supreme Court is the only court in the United States of America, all the courts, federal courts, state courts, everything, the state legislatures, that is standing on complete truth and in union with what the Catholic Church is saying. The Catechism goes on and says, the natural law is immutable and permanent throughout the variations of history. It subsists under the flux of ideas and customs and supports their progress. No matter what country you're from, no matter what your customs are, no matter what language you speak, no matter what faith you are, natural law is immutable. You can't legislate it away. And when you try, you will suffer irrevocable harm to yourself. The catechism finishes. Well, let me repeat that part. It subsists under the flux of ideas, customs, and supports the progress. That's every university, that's every government, everything. It stays. It subsists. It continues. Even when it is rejected in its very principles, it cannot be destroyed or removed from the heart of man. It always rises again, in the life of the individual and of societies. They're going to die in their efforts, and we're going to win. The Alabama Supreme Court is dead on. It's in truth. And even what they do to defeat it, will this truth will come back. You can't do it. It's immutable. It's in the catechism. And it's in the catechism because it's the truth before the catechism exists, this new one. It can't be changed. 
So you want to be on the winning side or you want to just be mute? You want to be quiet? You want to just let this come on on us? Well, what can I say? Okay. No, you get on. You want to be a winner. You get with our lady. She's here in Alabama. The Supreme Court, she, she's with this. Don't think, oh, she's not going to get politics. It's nothing to do with pot- politics. It's God's law. Just think. If our lady's messages are here to speak to you, it's to make you think. Reflect on your future, she says. So don't think, well, I'm just going to be in the middle. I'm not going to take a stand. No, you go to your priest. You go to your bishop and tell them, why are you not speaking about this? This is so clear. Go good look what happened while you're sleeping. and You can copy this out of it. Maybe we'll put it on the site. But you've got to start fighting this. And anybody that don't want to be here in Alabama because they think we're intolerant, take the principle of Jesus when they couldn't accept truth and Jesus turned to them and says, leave. You can't accept my teaching? Leave. Leave Alabama. We don't want you here. We'll pray for your soul that maybe somewhere down the line you'll convert. It's not the idea, oh, we're going to have a bad reputation, that we're going to have to, we're going to, have to do this to draw industry. Mercedes-Benz is here. Hyundai's been, is built here. Honda's built here. Toyota's built right across the line to take advantage of all the parts manufacturers. We want to keep all the secret because we don't want to boom an economy that can crash. But people are attracted to this state. Not because it's better than anywhere else, but because it does have a core principle that we defend our rights down here in the Southland. And the rest of the southern states, you need to follow it. You need to come up and stand up against this paper tiger that has nothing but air that can easily be defeated. But because we sit and do nothing, our puppets are silent, we're being defeated. So where do you want to live? What do you want to be like? What do you want to be part of? Tapestry path. 
passed down through generations And the peach trees stitched across the land Oh, beside her up near Helen off the roadside And bought peanuts in a bag to warm your fingers And the smoke Southland, don't give up your heritage. The whole nation depends on it. The whole nation really depends on Alabama and what it's doing right now. Because for decades, two, three decades, we've lost everything from abortion, marriage, and now the final act that shows when this hits, civilization is over. Grass goes from brown to green at this time in spring. Everything blooms out, the trees. It's resurrection time. It wasn't ordained that Christ died in the springtime without it to speak to us. We've got the last stand, the last point of turning and reversing something that nobody in the United States of America has done. And you can't even overestimate the power of just writing a letter to the Supreme Court justices, to the governor, the attorney general, a brief one, not a long one, and say, we're praying for you. We support you. Please take the stand that other states can come and then do follow you and rise up from the Southland, spread throughout all the other parts of the nation, that we're a people that will abide by God's law and not man's law when it violates his law. You're not binded in any way to follow this, but only to defy it. And yes, in Alabama, we will be defiant. Caritas exists because we have been defiant of what we've been told we're supposed to be doing. And we follow our lady instead. And we're blooming. And we've prospered. And we grow both in witness and persecution. It's decision time. You need to physically put your stand where you'll be. And you've got power right now, both in prayer and just by simply picking up a pen. It's that simple. 
Don't let it go. Follow this. Keep up with it. Your kid's heritage, your kid's future are in the hands of just very few people right now. You can defeat it. We wish you a lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomic show with a friend of Medjugorje. To listen or download free, go to medj.com, spelled M-E-J dot com. The left-hand menu, Radio Wave, and click on Past Shows. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000. Thank you for listening.